Hey everyone, I'm Jenny, the producer for You Should Write a Book About That, and today our very own host, Kim O'Hara, talks about that creative moment when you're stopped in your tracks with an idea burning inside you. A topic that is uber personal, but potentially universal, and you think it could be a book, but you question whether you have enough content. Listen in as she shares her exploration in writing about safety. I realized I haven't felt safe my whole life just yesterday. (laughs) You know, we come to these realizations when it's time. It's time in our lives. Abraham Hicks always talks about timing and what we'll do to tie ourselves up into knots, to do everything to avoid what is the natural timing of what is coming to us that we deserve in the highest order. And so for some of us, there's particular areas where it's the journey is long. And when we do finally lean into that timing and realize that it's available for us to heal, it's usually on the heels of the stars aligning and truths revealing themselves often through other people or situations showing us like one action leads to the next action. And then you sprinkle in some therapy and reading old journals. And next thing you know, you're gutted with the God smacking thought. Like I just had with, I've been operating my whole life one way just to feel safe. So, you know, if you're like me, if you're a writer and you're listening to this and you're, you, you write and you fancy yourself a scribe, you have this epiphany and then you race to the blank page in a notebook and start madly writing about the topic, which as I've mentioned in the case for me is safety. And then you move to the laptop and, you know, more comes pouring out and your fingers are flying across the keys and you have reflections and thoughts and dots are connecting and you're pounding your cup of coffee and you're ignoring your calls that you have to make. And perhaps a few wonton tears might cascade down your face because you're there, like you're pushing through for the answers. It's coming through in the writing. And then you think in that like magnificent moment, like I could write a whole book on this. And then the elation is quickly followed by don't be ridiculous. Who says you're an expert on safety? I mean, there are PhDs out there with quantifiable data on safety who've spent years doing thousands of hours of research with subjects on the topic of safety. And like, what do you have? Like your own subjective story on safety? Does that sound familiar to you? Can you just insert your own subject matter to the way I just kind of laid out my thought process there. But in the back of your mind, there's that germ that just won't go away. It's sort of like that cold that lingers for months and months. It's, it's my story is a good one. So let's see if you can relate to this. Okay. So if my subject safety, you see, like when I had that realization that I haven't felt safe my whole life, 
I realized simultaneously, like I was so tired. I felt so tired. Now, like you don't want to go write a book or think about writing a book when you feel that tired. Right. And, and so you have to go through the process of like understanding that you're about to embark on discussing and revealing all your trip tricks and, and coercions and methods that you've done to be whatever your subject is that you're going to write about. Now, in my case, it's to be safe. It could be to be popular. It could be to be famous. It could be to be uh, in partnership. It could be to, you know, insert, right? So for my story, like where this area really came out was I would be, I would get into these romantic relationships because I felt like the best way to solve this situation, this underlying feeling that I didn't know this is what I was solving because I didn't realize it till yesterday. So I would go through, I guess maybe it started my whole life, but I could pinpoint it to about 2013. I decided that I was going to figure out why I didn't feel good, safe, you know, in relationships through the relationships, right? So I would go into all these relationships with this agenda, right? In this sort of search and destroy mode. And what I mean by that is, you know, I would start like a pluses and minuses column pretty early on in the relationship. So maybe in terms of dating books, like this would seem like a smart and responsible move, but that's not taking into consideration an underlying modus operandi of desperately needing to feel safe. And it's not incredibly sexy to go into a new relationship and be like glommy or desperate or like, you know, cause that's how it felt to me. Like it didn't feel like I would meet someone who I would know would then fairly early help me to feel safe. I would operate sort of on my own agenda that I like couldn't really ask them to help me feel safe. So I needed to on my own identify like with like an X and Y, you know, linear graph, whether the end product was going to be that I was going to be okay. Right. So it's this like looking for clues. I won't be safe. I won't be loved. And then the duration of the relationship would last about as long as well, you know, Pete Davidson's relationships who I jokingly said on Twitter recently is my, in my profile that he's like my spirit animal. Cause I get it like these four or five month relationships. It's like long enough to say you gave it a try, but not face the underlying issues. And I'm not saying this is what's going on with Pete Davidson. I'm saying this is what's going on with me. It's not safe. So, you know, it wasn't until these few pieces came together that I really realized that like I had something to write about. Like I had written in these journals. Um, and as I started going through these journals and I will explain how I started realizing I needed to go through these, these journals, but I, I dove back into these old journals that I had and I three years back. And I found words over and over that I was just like highlighting, you know, want to feel safe, can't feel safe. I underlined and I, I ripped out pages and I tossed non-consequential pages. And my, 
bedroom floor was covered with those, you know, tattered paper remains from the spine of the notebook. And I found again and again that I was seeking someone or anyone to do something to prove they love me and that I was safe. And I would find evidence that I would not be safe and I would be peace out. This explains wanting to take a week long nap or eat lots of cookies or both. But in that moment, you know, a lot of us have busy lives. I couldn't just like lie there gutted in the tattered remains of my journals and take the rest of the day off. I had work to do and kids to pick up from school. So you kind of take it inside you. But what I kept saying to myself was, dear God, dear God, And I could feel God like come through me and run up through me and inside me. And I had this feeling I was onto a big change in me. And the way I express my feelings is through writing. Now, this is a podcast. It's the spoken word, but I have written out what I want to say on this podcast because it's, it's so important to me to talk about the process in which you evaluate whether this is something worthy of writing a book about. So let me back, you know, let me just say like a few weeks, like, you know, no, not even a few weeks prior. Yeah. A few weeks prior, I intuitively knew after a four-year absence of any help to go back into therapy. Now I wish I could tell you why I knew I just knew it was time to talk more about what was going on inside of me. And I found a referral for a therapist in, of all places, my writing group, because yes, writing heals us everywhere on the time-space continuum. And I knew that this was right to go to this person because I had no qualms like exposing to her that I just needed therapy for this like energy that I had running inside me that I just couldn't calm down. It was like this exhaustive energy. Like I didn't want to be by myself and alone. Like something felt really big and I needed support. The second piece was the return of of an ex who I had loved, who checked in on me to see how I was doing in the pandemic. And no one had ever checked in on me like that before, like no relationship, like no one had come back and said, how are you? And so he hit these love strings for me that fortified like the safety, like someone cares if I'm safe. And that really touched my heart. It touched my heart. So, you know, I could go on and on about this awareness, you know, but it's, you know, let's bring it back to, let's bring it back to the book. You know, I was like, okay, so could I write about this topic, you know, um, or it could be simply be this podcast episode or a blog or an article I submit to publication, you know, but I also know that there was like that part of me that was thinking, and this is the advice I would give to you, um, it's okay if you don't know right now the next steps about this great idea you want to write about. It's okay if you sat down and only wrote three pages and ran out of material. Like, don't get discouraged if it's not enough to make a book. You've made a start, step away because the process has begun. Like, stay aware, right? So after I had that moment where I was like, oh my God, I don't think I even have enough 
to write about, like, why am I even contemplating a book? I had another thought. And that was, you know, why has it taken me so long to come to this epiphany? Why was it yesterday? And I understood that as a mother, my primary purpose was to make sure I created an environment so my daughters felt safe around me and with me. And that work that I did to create that setting, it took, it took all my time, you know? And now that they're, you know, now that I feel like I've done my job, like I think my, my children feel safe, they feel safe around me, they feel safe in my home, then I got to turn the attention on me. So as mamas and papas, we do make our children paramount as we should. Now, my parents did not make me feel safe. They did not create an environment in which I felt safe. So now that I have stabilized, you know, my family, I get to turn and know what it feels like to be safe in the midst of all this, which I then realized I had an incident in my neighborhood, which I actually write about in my recent book that I'm writing about buying a house in South LA. So there's some cross information here, but there was a young man addicted to, to math who terrorized the block for about two weeks with his, he had these wild delusions, which eventually led to violence. And I won't go into the whole long story, but the reaction of the block when the situation was finally dealt with was to act out of the fear everyone felt about not being safe. And there were three of us that were most greatly affected by this person, myself, my neighbor, and the neighbor next to them, who was the family of this young adult who had been incarcerated, released, and had mental illness and addiction, and like nobody was helping him. And so he had resorted to throwing a brick through their glass window. My, my gate was rattled and, you know, there was other stuff that went on, but what my two neighbors did was immediately got guard dogs and I've taken measures for more security in my home. So safety is not just a topic that comes from within inside of us because of childhood programming, but in our communities and in our world. So I have no idea where this is going to go. Like it's only been since this morning that I got this idea for this book and I already have come up with all these other layers that could be written about. So my advice is if you're in a similar situation, you've had this epiphany, just keep noting the snippets, ask your muse to show you more on the topic, stay open to other directions of the book, think big, and as always, keep writing. You've been listening to You Should Write a Book About That enjoyed our episode, tell a friend to listen, subscribe or review on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, Spotify, and Pandora, or wherever you listen to podcasts.